0: Cliffcentral.com Progressive, cultured and brave And now, the moment you've all been waiting for The Threaded Exchange with C.A.B. Bailey, Live on Cliff Central.
1: Yeah, welcome to The Threaded Exchange um, Thank you for having me
0: I've been wondering when you were going to invite me
1: I've always wanted to invite you But I feel like you're a hard person to get a hold of Yeah <laughs> like I remember I was like Because oh, I remember I was like Okay I'm gonna hit, I remember we were Supposed to catch up Yeah So I was like I'm gonna hit you up And then we're gonna Catch up And then I'm on Instagram You're like Going to reunion islands I'm like <laughs> When I return You leave When I go. leave You return So it's like Even this interview Was like Yeah A moment To get it like, No it
0: was good it was The world it, The the, the planets aligned Yeah The planets aligned And now no we're here How are you
1: feeling Like how are you Let's start there How are you How are you, how are you? right now
0: honestly yes honestly i am um i'm trying to i'm going back to basics so i'm in a weird in a weird space in my head where um i feel like i'm not moving forward even though it looks like i am um but uh i actually just want to go back to basics and start creating more stuff um i'm Oh, man, I can't believe I'm sharing this stuff, but I'm uh, yeah. I'm uh you know, like being in the public eye sometimes and, you know, having a TV show and all of these things can cloud yeah. you um from doing the real stuff, like the stuff that really matters, you know, yeah. which is just creating the work and writing and designing and yeah. drawing or whatever it is. Um and I've been in that space. I'm so like I've been so inundated with going to meetings, going to pitches, uh you know, reading scripts, doing this, doing that, that I'm not doing the stuff that I really want to do and the stuff that got yeah. me to this place in the first place. Um, so now I'm really just in the process of cutting stuff out, learning to say no and going back to having fun with every yeah. single thing I do. Cause it's, I think, I think you're in a bad place if the thing that you love the most starts feeling like a job, you know, um, and starts feeling like, you're not in control anymore, and you're not in the driver's seat, so right now i'm I'm actually just working working and getting back into the driving seat.
1: Wow, I feel like I'm going through the same thing in a sense that like I feel a lot of people around me are telling me like yo you're doing amazing work, you're like huge now, and all this crazy stuff, but I don't feel like that, you know I'm always you know trying to push the team to the edge all mm. the time and and trying to push things new, but in pursuing new things is that you know, the toughest thing is that people, when you're going through a new journey, people mm-hmm. won't necessarily appreciate what you do. So it feels like you're not working. Yes. So for me, I'm working, but it feels like I'm not working because I've come to understand that like people won't see the progression of what I'm doing until it's like a year from now or two years from now.
0: Do, do and you feel also, like social media has added to that?
1: To a certain extent, yes. To a certain extent, no. Because mm. for me, social media is about... Highlighting what I do Not necessarily what I do mm. um, I've, I've actually It's something that I've been working on To actually try to remove myself From social media a bit more yeah. Not in terms of posting Posting is fine But not to be consumed by it so much
0: And consuming
1: And consuming it Oof. so much So for me now It's about just Creating pieces of work That live forever You know and yeah. And understanding that Not everyone's going to get it now You know, people will tell me I'm crazy for the stuff that I'm trying to pursue. So I've taken the long road that I feel is worth it. But with that long road comes with that thing of like, you feel like you're not being recognized sometimes. You feel like you're missed for certain platforms or you feel like you're not appreciated enough or, you know, people don't celebrate you enough or sometimes just like yeah, I'm not part of this conversation because I'm not commercial enough or, you know, so I've come come to accept that I'm pioneering a new journey and in in that it comes with a cost. You know, I could live comfortably and be like, yeah, I'm going to be an influencer, social media, brands must pay me. But even now I'm like challenging brands and being like, yo, I don't want to actually take pictures. I don't want to model your clothes and stand in front of a camera and sell your brand. Mm. I would rather have you invest in my brand and what I do and filter your brand through what I do and a lot of brands don't want to do that. You know, a lot of brands don't want to invest in properties of what we do and the things we create. They just want to use us yes. for us to generate sales for them and that's it. Or and, increase numbers or increase you've numbers. got numbers. Where so I'm they like, go. actually, ah. no, you want to use me for one season and then use another face and another face. I'm mm. not a face. I'm a creative director. I have real work. I want to build something. I want to do something. This is what we do as Threaded Man. We've got Cliff Central. We've got this. We're, we've got that. It's either you invest in existing property. Or we don't work together. And unfortunately, I've had to lose a lot of clients. Due to that
0: It's not a bad thing Which is
1: losing also money And for me It's like I would rather live For authentically Rather than for money And So it's like At the moment in time It's like I'm getting rid of clients But then I'm investing Also a lot of money In driving these projects forward So sometimes You just feel that pressure Of like Huck.
0: No one But that's That's a good thing though man Because but- I think you 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 know who you are And what you want So that's why you can turn down certain things that don't align with your values yeah. and what you're trying to build, which is a really good thing. It's hard, though, because it you're going to have a lot of those coming at you. The bigger you get, the more comes. Yes, come, you yes. Know? but I
1: think for me, the thing that drives me the most, and I think it's something that I've learned from you, and I think that's what I want to dive in today. It's it's rather suffer today and live like a king forever, You know, in a sense wow. that rather lose money, rather go through the horrible things, building your own thing that you own and doing it at your own terms and maintaining that. And then one day, everyone will come back. And I see what you've done with the comedy club and the work that you do. All the guys that never supported you all of a sudden are coming back. They're needing gigs. They're needing that. Even the brands are coming. Please speak at our conferences. So for me, when I look at people like you, I think that's where I get the hope of, you know, dude, just keep going. Just mind your business and keep going.
0: It's a, uh, you know, I was, I was chatting to Tibbs, Show Tibbs Love the other day about, yeah. uh, um, and I think you and I both kind of suffer from this thing where we're doing well and we believe what we're doing in, um, but there's always that little voice inside of your head yeah. that tells you, are you really doing well, Sia? Is, yeah. is this, is this what you should is be Is this doing? enough? Like, you know, you know what am it's, I called? To a, God's like, it's called? There's is- a condition. It's called imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, I was reading about it the other day and it's, it's you fighting yourself because you can't, it's, 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 it's basically what it is, is, um, you can't believe that this is happening to you and you're always convincing yourself that it's gonna be taken away or it's gonna end or you're gonna run out of juice, you know? Yeah. Which is not true. But that's the thing because,
1: because of, it's also like a level of self-awareness. Because yes. we've seen so many people come and go, dude. Yeah. Hey. You know? Yeah, And when you are working authentically And when you really have this dream and this vision You really want to see it through And yes. you don't want to die out before yes. So it, it, it is a constant thing of This thing is so good And like for me Like I'm going away soon And it's a very exciting trip But I've been so co- like And my team's like You should tell people I'm like no Like what if it doesn't happen You know what I'm saying I'm yeah. like I'm like the, the team is like yeah you've booked the flights are booked you've got the letters of confirmation no one can do anything I'm like but guys what if what if I get sick like you know <laughs> what I'm saying i like let me board the flight as soon as I land then I'll be like yo, I'm, I'm here I'm the
0: same eh? Like, the same. I get so
1: nervous Like, it's and so I think it comes that. from that syndrome of like yo like what if it does get taken away from me and what if it is good to be true where some people are easy to be like yo the Louis Vuitton or this brand is invited me to go to Paris next month. I'm excited, and you're just like, yeah. it's a whole month. Like, yeah. I, like, what if a lot of things happen? Like, <laughs> I'm genuinely that kind of person that's because I know what it's like not to have any anything. I know what it's like to to lose things when people have promised you things. Yeah, and I also I also I've also had experience where at some point in my career I had a big mouth. Where I was like, these are my dreams. These are my aspirations. And yeah, and then people just never supported them And I've had things confirmed And getting taken away from me After I've told people I've been embarrassed I'm like, actually this gig was happening But last minute they cancelled So I've learned the hard way to just like
0: Just keep quiet Yeah, just Let release the receipts Yeah
1: Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like the moment Also I feel like Human beings, naturally We are jealous people yes. And there's nothing wrong with that Yeah. Because when someone tells you I'm doing this amazing thing You sit there and kind of like When is my time coming? You know yeah. what I'm saying? And you know, the moment when someone thinks jealousy of you, that's the moment you start bringing out that negative energy into the universe. So for me, I don't want that kind of energy going out. So I'd rather keep it to myself. And when people see the work, because yes. that's when I showed. Listen, I'm in Paris. This is what I'm working on. Then people are like, yo, this is dope. But if I tell them before, it's like, yo, you're bragging now. You know what I'm saying? It becomes it comes across as that braggy yes. type of thing. So. Yeah, that's, I,
0: a, that's a very profound statement um, Show Your Work there's a, there's a great book called Show Your Work By a guy called Austin Cleone And um, he, he started out with a book called Steal Like an Artist And the yeah. whole thing was for creative people Doesn't matter what industry you're in um, If you're making stuff, this is a book yeah. for you And the whole thing was about people getting to a point Where they feel like they've run out of original ideas yeah. And he breaks down the idea of originality And that there is no original idea Even somebody like Picasso was inspired by previous artists that came before him, and he was just very smart at choosing what he liked about those artists. To, to artists to formulate his own style, right? Yeah. So he ends the book off by, um, you know, telling you that it's okay to be inspired by. And I mean, we all do, you know, you're yeah. inspired by Tom Ford, for example. Yeah. You know, and you will, you, you, but the thing is, you understand what it is. You're inspired by Tom Ford. So you take the essence of that and you combine it with something else and you combine it with photography and you combine it with this to create the threaded man, to create Siape Ile, which yeah. is original. That's, yeah. that's original.
1: Can I say a statement? Yeah. This is a very profound statement. I think this is what's going to drive the show today. Do you realize that? 99% of the universe, every single human being on earth wants to live at the level you're living. And do you understand what I mean when I say the level you're living at. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, every single human being is here on this earth to find their purpose. Yes. To find this answer, this eureka moment, Mark Zuckerberg will say, where it's like, This is what I'm supposed to do. Oh my god. Like People are waiting for this moment to do great things People are working towards that moment of doing great things People are searching for their purposes People have so much money People are rich, but they're depressed They can't find their way There's people without money who don't live their destiny But when I look at someone like you I look at someone like you and I'm like, oh my god This is someone who God is here and God is alive and well, and this is the highest level a human being can live on earth. This is what you're here for. Do you realize you're one of those people?
0: But, but I don't feel like that, though. You know, like, I'm still, like I mentioned earlier on when we started this talk, um, and, and I'm still like trying to figure out the purpose. But I read something about how life isn't about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself. Yeah. So you can go through different phases, and yeah. that's okay, you know? Yeah. But society is always going to uh, convince you that you should be, well, very good at just one thing. Like, yeah. you should be a fashionista. You yeah. should be a whatever it is. You know, you're a great businessman. You're a great singer. You're a great this. Yeah. You're a great that. But people are multi-talented and multi-skilled, and they love different things. That's the thing. that
1: That's what I, I'm trying to say is that… The most exciting thing is that people that live at this high level that I'm talking about. Yes. I call it the the, the moment where destiny meets God. Yes. You know, where,
0: you I know like that.
1: where this is what you're supposed to be. But when God gives you that dream, it's a concept. And comedy is an avenue for that. I don't believe you're a comedian. I don't see you as a comedian. I see no. you as a visionary who's been gifted by God. And com- comedy was just the start of that or the end of that. And even then, you didn't even start in comedy. comedy. is
0: one of the... No, uh, I didn't even saying? start. I've and never so, wanted to do comedy. Yeah, That's the so, weird thing. And,
1: and, and through growth and through the journeys... You've been able to go through all these different channels, building yeah. all these things, and they're all driven by this concept which you have in your mind, and and that concept is a concept of the kind of world you'd like to live in and the kind of things you'd like to see out there. So you're creating wow. that. I like that. And you know, Walt Disney said that the the greatest thing about visionaries is that they have a sickness, and that sickness is they wanna build a world where pe- people live inside their fantasies. So Walt Oof. Disney. Disneyland is his fantasy in his head and now people enjoy it and people go to it. The the Goliath Comedy Club, it's something that you dreamed and visualized and now people go and enjoy it. They live in your fantasy. Like they're leaving, they're living inside something you created. How crazy is that?
0: That's very profound. Like we Kanye, could end w- we could end this interview now if like, you wanted to
1: <laughs> Like Kanye West. Like Kanye and I, Pharrell. That's definitely. why I feel they're very misunderstood because Kanye is like Stop calling me a rapper. Stop calling me a designer. I'm just doing these things because they're driven by a bigger idea than me. They're driven by a concept. And these are just avenues that I'm growing towards. But yes. I'm not a rapper. I'm not a designer. I'm just putting out things in the spaces. And I think that's how I feel. Like, I'm not qualified in fashion. Um, I dropped out of fashion school. And Threaded Man, for me, is a concept. And that concept lives through online. That concept lives through all these different avenues. It's living right now through the show. And I want to grow that into different avenues. And it's, 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 and, and, and I think that's also the journey of creating yourself through yes. these different spaces that you consume or, and, and the craziest thing is that the spaces you channel happen at all these different times. It's almost like this transition that's leading yeah. you somewhere else yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think that's part of that journey of once you find your purpose, there's now the journey of creating yourself within that journey and finding the different channels within the journey in order to give back. And in, in order to lift others and build a bigger platform for a bigger conversation.
0: That's exactly, that's exactly what it's about. Jim Carrey, um, he, you know, when you say Jim Carrey, you think, you know, Ace Ventura, the mask, you think of him as this really funny guy. Yeah. But um, he's actually, he's a, an intellectual, you know, and he's very big on life and very big on giving back, et etc. et cetera. Yeah. And he's got two of my favorite quotes. One of them is... Um, In order to get close to what your purpose is, what you think your purpose is, excuse me, you should ask yourself this question. What do they need that your talent can provide? Ah. Which is such a profound thing. That is
1: true. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: Because then you, we're so inundated with information and stuff and people telling you how to live your life that if you ask yourself that question, you, it breaks it down to its simplest form going, okay, they need this. This is what I do. Yeah. That's what I should be doing. You yeah. know, it's, 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 it's as simple as that. And he defines his, his purpose. He says he only discovered his, his purpose at the age of 28, where, um, he said, if I was to break it down in a simple line, my purpose is to cure people of concern, not to wow. make them laugh, to cure them of concern. So that can be in any form. Once again, yeah. it's exactly what you're saying. It doesn't necessarily mean, oh, he's going to tell us a joke. No. Yeah. You know, he's an artist as well. He's a fine he's, artist, yeah. Jim Carrey. So wow. if by doing a painting and I give it to you and it makes you feel a type of way, yeah. that's his purpose, you know? Wow. He's cured people of concern, which I love so much. And as so someone much. who
1: deals with a lot of concern, like that actually makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. nice to have someone distract you from, from, from concern.
0: Yeah, exactly. What do you
1: feel is your purpose?
0: You know... I I I haven't been able to define that, but I think I feel like my purpose is um, I definitely don't just describe myself as a comedian. That's the label that's on me right now, and that I guess that's my job, and that's what I get paid for. But my purpose is to is to create and share. Actually, to learn and share. Let me not say create, you know, yeah. to learn and share and to share and learn. Yeah, let me put it that way. And
1: I think each time I talk to you, you're always telling me about a book.
0: I'm it's always, actually, uh, yeah, see, exactly. And there's
1: one thing from every interaction we have, with, even on WhatsApp. Like you're the kind of guy <laughs> who chat. You're like, oh snap, I'm reading this book. You should really check it out. It talks about this <laughs> and this and this. Like you're always just sharing knowledge and information yeah. and things that. It's my favorite.
0: You. you know, you know where it comes from. It comes from. Um, so I studied art and design. Um, in Port Elizabeth. And as a kid, I've always been able to draw. I knew I wanted, I didn't even know that I wanted to draw. Can I ask you something? Like, what
1: was that like for you? I mean. You know, growing up in Port Elizabeth. No,
0: I grew up in Tad.
1: Growing up in Tad. uh, (laughs) Yes. You know, you're, they call it calamaris now. You're a calamari man. Really? They call, yeah, (laughs) that's that's what you guys are called now. I mean, Sim is sitting there um, outside and she's like, Donovan is such a nice calamari. (laughs) Uh, So they call, yeah, so fair skinned dudes are calamaris now. So I wanted to ask, what was it like growing up as a calamari amongst all these Tosa people? You know, culturally, um, what was that like for you? And culturally, did that have a role in who you have become? Because I know you speak a lot of Kosa.
0: Yeah, y- you know, it's strange, man. Like I grew up and I didn't feel like I was different. Yeah, you know, I I I I grew up, you know, in a my earliest memories in a we, we stayed in these flats in north crest nah? Yeah. these government flats <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. municipal flats rather not government flats these municipal flats in north crest which were color graded like the bottom ones were blue then you get to the next level they were orange and then yeah. there was green and
1: people
0: strange. say that's aesthetics oh yeah aesthetics there we go <laughs> and uh you know, my friends were just my friends. They were just people. I didn't look at them because I was a lot lighter than this growing up. And I had blonde hair. Both my sister and I were super white. And we don't know why, like, out of yeah. our family, we like the lightest, lightest, lightest. Yeah. Um, and so I did. I stood out, you know. And, you know, I spoke Corsa, which uh, it was natural because my friends yeah. were Corsa, And that's what happened. Um, but it never bothered me. And it never made me, it, like, I was never shook by yeah. it. But... Until I started, well, when I when I went, I, I worked in advertising Not even when I worked, when I went to study in Port Elizabeth, I would. Uh, so you
1: did high school in Yeah,
0: Air Zingisa Comprehensive High School. Oh wow! <laughs> you know when it says comprehensive, my friend. Yeah, then you, know.
1: you know, it's, real. <laughs> you know, but
0: it's, it's you for know. real here. You know, um, I never knew what I wanted to study. Um, what
1: was high school like for you? Was it because I think for me is that a lot of I think high school play a big role in who I've become. And I think a lot of critical things happen in high school that sort of change your journey. It's either you don't fit the mold and you're like, actually, screw this. Yeah. I'm going to go do something after varsity. Or was high school simple and chilled for you? Were you the cool kid? Were you the party thrower? Were you the bully? Were you the
0: bullied kid? Like, no. What were you, know, you like? I was, I, I, you know what it was? I think I was, the, I was the interesting kid. Like, I was the kid that they were interested in because I was drawing a lot at school as well. But yeah. I was also in a rap group. And, and you were like white. And I was white. And you spoke closer. In a predominantly black school, right? Speaking closer. Exactly. Yeah. So the girls were always intrigued by my hair, number one. And the guys were just like they couldn't understand, you know. But so the guys the guys were always trying to challenge me. Because I was, I guess, different looking, yeah, yeah, yeah. um they they were always trying to challenge me to to kind of match up to what they were doing, be it in sport or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Um, but I just held my own and I just did me, you know, yeah. which, uh, this is the best advice my dad ever gave me was be yourself. And I must be honest with you. I've only really understood that, uh, 30 years later. Yeah. Um, cause it's such a simple thing to understand, but until you break it but down. It's profound. It's very profound. Yeah. When, and, and it means something different for everybody because we're all different, you know. Yeah. So I can't tell you what being yourself is because you know yourself yeah. better than me, you know. Um, but high school for me was, uh, it was an interesting I guess I started figuring myself out a little bit and figuring out what I wanted to do um, that 's when I realized that I actually had no idea what I wanted to study and what my what my purpose was until i 'd spoken to a lecturer of mine who told me that um, you know he 's seen the way I write, for example. Um, or teacher, not lecturer He's seen the way I write um, the, And the way I draw And the way I express myself And I'm always extra Like I'm always trying to do something different To what everybody else is trying to do yeah. um, and, and it was always inspired by um, I was a geek that's one thing. I was a geek growing up. Like, I love learning, even as a kid. So, you were watching Pinky and the Brain? Yeah, 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 yeah. dude. That was my <laughs> vibe, you know? And I was listening to all types of music because I was just interested by it. Um, I always I tell the story on so stage. So, you listen about to
1: how... NRD, definitely?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. NRD definitely. is my. Yeah. yeah, no, no, of course. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I tell the story on stage about how, I don't know if you remember back in the day, Reader's Digest would try oh, wow. and convince people to, to buy this set of encyclopedias. Yeah. But they only yeah. gave everybody A, like yeah, the first one. And yeah. then if you loved A, then you yeah. must subscribe to get the yeah, next and one. Buy. But remember,
1: my, oh, that was hectic.
0: <laughs> yeah. And even National Geographic. National Geographic. They <laughs> used to
1: give us like all these stacks. And yeah. Like, like, yeah.
0: But, but my parents couldn't afford to buy the rest. So I knew Ieika. Art Fark, Alabama, yeah. you know, Africa. <laughs> I can tell you all about the A's, but I loved le- l- reading that stuff and learning about it. So I'm a, I'm a general knowledge kind of guy. Like I'm always going to throw useless facts at you because I just love it. You know, I yeah. just, I like learning that kind of stuff. Where do llamas come from? Where do llamas? Peru. Okay. Okay. You know your
1: general knowledge. <laughs> <language. laughs> Wow. Okay, thats something in my head. I'm like, let me just ask you something random, because I've uh, heard animal right now. I'm just like, a llamas type. are pretty dope. Yeah, they? pretty cool. I want one, but like, they live in Peru, and yeah, you
0: know, that's just <laughs> imagine walking around with a llama kocazi.
1: Yeah, like, like and I I don't want to like tired. I just want to walk ah. next to me, like just chilling, trotting,
0: but um. You know, and then, you know, because because I I guess, and I, I had no no mentor, I had nobody to tell me about this stuff. You know, you come from a small town and a place yeah. like that, um, creativity or the creative world um, is unheard of. You yeah. know, you don't, how, can't say you going to study How that. did
1: you not become a victim? I think when I talk about the effects of racism, yeah. for me, and I think the biggest effects of racism is, you know, as people of color, we it has killed our vision to see ourselves as people of great potential. You know, I know a lot of kids in the Eastern Cape that sit there and I'm like, they watch these people on TV and be like, yo, David Kelle is so amazing. I'm like, do you know you could be as amazing? They're like, no.
0: Yeah. He has money. Small town syndrome. He's
1: famous and he has, he's, he's big. And I'm like, but he had to start somewhere, you know. Uh, that's what you I always try and, and tell somewhere. people
0: is that you, they only ever see the end result, but never the process. Yes. If you go back to the process and you see where he came from, yeah, he's he could,
1: nang, you. And yeah, you bruh. know, like, people don't understand that, like, money washes us. Like, yeah. once we start eating money, now you can eat Woodward's food. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And when they see the Instagrams of Sia traveling the world, it's like, yeah, wow, he's always been like that. But little they know about, dipumetu you anyway. Yeah, life was rough. You exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, people, so how did you. I know for me, I was able to break out of the mentality because I used to go to Cape Town a lot. So because that's where I went to school, so I got to see the other side. Mm-hmm. So for you, how were you like? Okay, where I'm at, this is not the end of my journey. I'm actually gonna thrive for something much bigger than this. Have you had you always had that? And if you if and, and, you, and if you did always have that, what made you not get that syndrome?
0: I've always been curious, um, and always there's always been a sense of wonder, you know. Yeah. Um, I've always been interested in, you know, like, what else? Um, I want to I wanna make a movie. I want to act in a movie. I want to make a music video. I still want to make a music video. Um, I've always wanted to be... I enjoy breaking, breaking the stuff down, breaking it apart and understanding how it works, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think my drive was always, whatever I end up doing, it's going to be something that... Um, is going to keep me curious, is going to be spontaneous and different and new every single day, which is what I do right now. My job is very different every single day. But once again, I had nobody to tell me what that thing was and what, and and how to define it until going back to my teacher, he, he told me to go and study graphic design, which I knew nothing about. What I loved about graphic design to break this thing down was how people were able to communicate visually a simple logo um, a simple poster, you strip it down to its, to the bones, but you're still able to deliver a powerful message without using words, you know? You've yeah. got a visual and you've got copy, which I, I never understood what that stuff was. I would, I mean, when I was a kid, I was, I was paging through magazines and, you know, just looking at, stuff. I found stuff really interesting, but my brain didn't go, yes, this is a job. For some strange reason, I didn't go, somebody's sitting there coming up with these concepts, writing this stuff yeah. and, 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 and selling stuff to me or delivering a message to me. And it intrigued me, you know. So at the end of it, I think I enjoyed storytelling and I enjoyed communication. I really do enjoy storytelling and communication. Hence why I do comedy. Hence why I studied art and design, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I enjoy expressing myself and I enjoy, enjoy expression, you know, um, as a whole. So until he broke it down for me, which I still, even my dad, when I told my dad, hey, I want to go and study this thing. You know, fortunately, my parents have been very supportive of me because I think they've always known that I'm uh am not I'm not regular like run of the mill. Yeah. You know, I'm always trying to find um, you know, the the, 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 the tough windy road because at the yeah. end of the windy road I know there's something that nobody um that there's yeah. a gem at the end of that that yeah. not many people have seen because nobody wants to go there because the easy way is well, the easy way. Yeah. So they allowed me to do it. And um my first year was very tough because there were about 100 students and they were only choosing 20 to go into graphic design. So wow. they were going to break us down. So 20 to go into graphic design, 20 into fine art, 20 for photography and yeah. another 20 into sculpture. And I was like, no, man, I want to study graphic design. So in the first year, I spent, I'd say, 75% of my time in university in my first year in the library learning um, yeah. about this thing just so I can always be one step ahead of everybody else Because a lot of these kids Had uh, open days You know A yeah. lot of them Had come from PE From Cape Town From wherever else They had open days So they knew What they were getting into I didn't You yeah. know I just liked it I thought it was yeah. cool yeah. And that's There's not enough to go off You can't yeah. just be like Yeah you're cool Louis And then you want yeah. to get into it So I really had to I had to learn uh, Just so I can be I can answer the questions And um, I, can, I can Whatever I'm doing um, You know I, I know what I'm about to get into Before I do it because you'd freak out, man and, yeah. and I didn't want to disappoint my parents Because, you know, money money is yeah. tight, man Also, I feel
1: Like, since I see you as a visionary You know, when you're on a journey People, aren't while you're on the route To finding I almost see it as like It's like a GPS And you're following this journey That you yeah. don't know where this GPS is taking you yeah. And this GPS has certain points and your point, your first sort of point from high school Was the point of studying graphic design Yes. But I find sometimes, you know You've got to move on from the journey to keep the journey going And yes. sometimes people will try and keep you Where they feel No man, graphic is your thing You should stay here, you're talented Yes. Did you ever feel that in your journey Sort of because you're good at graphic designing Or because you're good at other things growing up Did you feel that because you, you started pursuing more And all these different other things Did people try and confine you? Of and course. did they try and be like, yo, you need to slow down a little bit. Let's pull you back. You yeah. need to, you need to go. And that also kind of brings a certain level of insecurity to be like, actually, fuck, am I making the right decision? Yeah. Am I going forward? How did you break through that? And I think that's something I personally struggle with where I feel half the time people be like, no man, like, Thrilled should be a magazine. Like, do the things. And I'm like, no, there's something more. There's something more. I don't know what I'm searching for, but I know that there's just more that I can do and there's more that, you know, I need to work towards. So half the time, I'm like, I don't know where I'm going, but I know that I have to keep moving. But consistently, people will be like, yo, dude, like, you need to, like, Chill a little bit You know All yeah. these brands to pay yeah. you. I'm like I don't want to depend on brands I want to build something independent I want to build something greater And bigger Than anything else And everyone's like What does that look like I'm like I don't know But I know And they're like Well you cannot know So stay yeah. So how did you fight Through that insecurity I mean I'm sure When you were sitting Through the library You never imagined Donovan Goliath um, the, the Goliath And Goliath um, Comedy club No think.
0: Not at all um, Like I said I've never wanted to do Stand up comedy It's never been a dream of mine Right when I was about f- 14, 15, I mentioned it earlier, I was in a rap group, M-Tata, called Outbreak, and we were killing it. Back then, there were no other rap, rappers, M-Tata. <laughs> you are a rapper, so yes. graphic student, rapper. Well, listen to this. So I was a rapper, um, with a friend of mine, Miguel, from Mozambique, and, um, I enjoyed, I, I think back then, I realized but I like, I like performing, so my thing is I do a lot of accents, right? I do a lot of accents. I do a lot of impressions. I've always done accents. What What is your
1: favorite accent that you can do?
0: The one that everybody likes is Jason Statham from The Transporter. Um, I do Kendrick Lamar. I wrote some bars the other day. Um, I feel like do a to, bit of Kendrick. A bit of Kendrick. Well, I'll do a. Um, I wrote this thing where I said if Kendrick Lamar. Oh this? We're still
1: recording. Oh, we're still live. <laughs> If, We're in the dark, but <laughs>
0: I can cool. see the thing is still recording. Yeah. If Kenrick Lamar um, decided to make a record about living a healthy lifestyle, what would that sound like? And the verse was, it would go... <laughs> this, it's so weird now. Yeah, because everyone's like checking, like, it, oh, are we but still the going? But the yeah. verse would be like, First you get the chicken put on a little spice put the chicken in the can red peppers coriander oh we don't need no rice banting sing watching my weight yo i don't need cake only fucks with high proteins and very low carbohydrates
1: Oh, well, well, how, do you, I ask, like, how do you even do pressure? like is it an ear thing where you're like i can do this or you're like i actually want to sound like kendrick
0: it it is an ear thing um but uh you know like when i'm when i'm when i'm teaching people about how to do like if i do jason statham for example it's very different so kendrick is a lot of you gotta you know kind of speak slowly like when i was at the guys down in compton you know there's so many little how do
1: you speak like jason let, let me jason hear a bit of statham J- yeah let me <laughs> hear a bit of jason
0: right this is a, this is a big honor um being invited by Sia three of them nine. Oh yeah we just talking him yeah, he's trying to hear my Jason Statham impersonation. You know. Well, I guess it's alright. Do you watch a lot of like
1: the people impersonate, do you like listen to a lot of them? And like do you watch a lot of like Jason Statham movies?
0: Not a lot of Jason Statham movies. I just choose a moment, a scene. Um yeah. sometimes I just choose like I'll type in YouTube Jason Statham interview. Um and that's where I kind of start picking it up, and I just keep rewinding and going back. But 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 what you need to look out for is it's not just the voice, it's the breaths, it's the, the little nuances, the little things they say in between that make it come together, you know? Oh wow. So I've always been able to do that, but once again, I just, it was just for fun. Yeah. Uh,
1: so you're on this journey and you're fighting through these insecurities. People are slowing you down.
0: Well, let me, let me, let me speed this up. So, um, Was a rapper and, you know, we were convinced by we were going to release an album and we were going to be big in South Africa and that, that never happened. So I dropped that. You were the next AKA. There we go. (laughs) Um, and then I was invited by a Catholic priest of mine to do massive oil paintings for a church in Gunu. And then eventually to Marion Hill, like churches and community centers he was building. Oh,
1: How no, huge that? Like, those are huge. Huge, dude. Yeah, they yeah. were
0: massive. They were the size of a door, right? Uh Super realistic. So,
1: now you're Da Vinci now. Now
0: I'm Da, da Vinci. Because Da Vinci
1: was painting churches now in go. Italy. So, you're, yeah. now you now I'm Da Vinci. Now you're Da Vinci now.
0: <laughs> and I'd never painted before in my life. Um, But, you know, when I look at the pictures, which I'll show you. Have you seen them? You haven't seen them.
1: I think I've seen one that you've You may me. have seen
0: one, yeah. yeah. Um I... uh I wish I was 18 or 19 year old me again, because I was so fearless. If you threw it at me, I'd be like, Oh, I've never done that before, but interesting challenge. Let's try it out, you know? And back then it was amazing. uh, You know how I, I, I didn't realize how much I actually had inside of me. Um, and what I, like, what I'm capable of. Even now, I still, I don't think I've reached my full potential and seeing what I'm really, really capable of. But anyway, yeah. that aside, um, I, I did, it ended up doing like 16 of those, massive, you know, which are still standing to most this did day. How that take? Well, it depends, you know, some of them, like the longest one took about seven or eight days, um, which is pretty fast. That's what, what I'm
1: thinking, seven or eight months. No, no, no.
0: Days. Seven or eight days because, it. uh I would work, I would get up at 6am And I would paint in a room by myself Because we were in Marion Hill on retreat
1: But that's what I'm trying to understand Where does that determination come from? Like, you know, I meet a lot of young people today And they'll be like, yo, I want to do something on Threaded Man You're like, cool, submit a story You know, write something for me And they'll send it like three months later And I'm just like, but <laughs> You know, you're 19, what was that instinct? That's like I need to do this I don't I know need to, need It's, curi- to do it's
0: curiosity And just uh, y- Not to show off Or to show anybody It was just really I, I was I was keen to challenge myself yeah. You know Which I struggle to do now At my age um, And What That was probably my best form of meditation Because it's the one place Where I got into a state of flow Where I would start at 6am And finish at like 11 or 12 at night and not even realized time had gone by. Not even. I was just so, so into it. It was just myself, yeah. the paint, the smell of turpentine, and the, the, the sound of the brush strokes on this canvas. It was actually so bad sometimes that I would work on just an eye for so long, then I'd step back and I'm like oh, wow, the eye looks very, very different to the other one. This one is extra, extra here. Yeah, you know, I've just gone way too far because I just got so into it. So like I had to keep coming out. The of the
1: eye, yeah. just the colors. and
0: I had, to, I had to step away a lot of times and just go for a walk to come back, and which is a beautiful thing, you know, when you don't even realize what time it is. You don't even realize that you haven't eaten all day because you're yeah. so entrenched in what you're doing. You're so calm and peaceful. But anyway, so I did a lot of those, and then I went to study um, art and design where I I did fashion, I did um, sculpture, I did photography. You studied fashion? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, wow. It was all part of my first year course. Um, I studied photography, and back then we were still developing film, which yeah. is my love for mobile photography now, you know? Yeah. Um, I did uh, graphic design, I did fine art, I did uh, illustration, so many things. Um, and then I ended up studying graphic design. I got my degree in graphic design and then got... Um, I sent a portfolio through to, um, the agency I worked at, Network BBDO, an ad agency, while I was still studying. Just, you know, let me send it, see what happens. And I still had three months to go at the, at, at, at the, school. at Technicon. Yeah. PE Tech back then. And. The guy sends me a reply, the creative director going, Hey man, we really like your stuff and you've got an interesting name, Donovan David Goliath and you speak Kasa, you're from Umtata. What do you even know about? And you this can draw work? this work. Yeah, this and, is like, you know, you know, it's just weird. Who, who, what why? is this? Yeah. So we start chatting and then he goes, Oh, is it possible for you to come up to an interview uh, for an interview in Joburg? So I'm like, no, dude, not possible at all. You know, yeah. I'm, I can't afford to and I'm still studying and I'm got to submit my fourth year, um, you work. know, thesis and portfolio. And then two two days later, he sends me an email saying, listen, you don't sound like a serial killer, but we want to give you a job. And if you're willing to, you know, come through and you can start working here in Feb next year. I was like, what? <laughs> so yeah, and this at the time I had I'd won a I wrote I, I put together a motivation and designed a piece a poster for a small company in PE, and they gave me a ticket to design in Darba. That's why I, f- I first saw Ooh, La Duma Got called.
1: Oh wow!
0: Um, you know I've never been to design in Darba. Oh dude, I can't believe you've never been. In fact, let's I do it. Let's go I, next year. I haven't been that?
1: because number one. I don't actually know. This sucks. The, the reasons are not valid. But number one, it's usually because like it feels like it's for like industry people, and I'm no. like I'm not industry. Number two, I'm always like, do they have? Do, do I buy tickets or is they press? It's just like I I'm not, I always sit and I'm like, oh.
0: No, dude. It's for thinkers. The people I've seen at Design Indaba are the creative director of Google, um, a lady who does um. She creates the trailers Not the trailers The opening sequences For famous uh, series Like Boardwalk Empire um, Dexter All of these shows That's her job She She's wow. a director For opening sequences oh, Which wow. is such okay, a So
1: next year I'm thing. going
0: with you Let's go Yeah Please okay. I would love so to So you saw Latuma
1: For the first time That's then. why I saw
0: La Duma's work For the first time um, and I, But I couldn't afford To buy a piece Which um, I'm like So sad He was still about. at
1: NMU At the time I remember Because yes. he had also just won A competition That yes. allowed him to go
0: Yes through. he was um, and then, um, I, yeah, so, so at the time I also saw my, my boss who was working at the company, Mike Shalit, and I think they were like number three in the world or something crazy. Nature, yeah. BBDO, it was like a ridiculous number, but they were killing it everywhere, you know? Um, and I was like, yeah, I want to go and work for this guy. This guy's ridiculous and I like how he thinks. And he's, he's a rock star. He's wild, you know? And he doesn't care about statistics and logistics and like, no, guys, let's just make the work. Let's go. Let's just do it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I ended up going to work there, which it was a dream come true. Um, and I did, I did amazing work, man. And what was that like for you? It was very overwhelming because I hadn't studied advertising. I studied design and now I'm in this big agency. And so my first year was, was hectic because I, and I just loved it. You know, people were like, Oh, sorry, dude, you're getting all the retail work. You're getting to do all the rubbish. I'm like, yo man, I'm getting, getting an opportunity to design an invite for this Kanye West concert. You know, wow! Which, and, and for like, castle light. For no, it wasn't even castle light back then. It was five fm Five fm had Kanye West. Five of brought Kanye West down. Yeah, the first the first tour he did um, in South Africa, and you designed uh, the. Invite. I designed the invite, and, and he
1: must have seen it because Kanye is that hectic I
0: hope so. He but probably the, did. You know what Kanye's the invite was that. The invite was um you remember the glasses that he wore back then yes, with the For Stronger. Yes, the glasses he wore for stronger. Yes. We we found a company that sourced those and we got a whole lot of those, right? And the I th- wow was it? Yes. We wrote the details on the arms of the glasses. You're invited to the Kanye West oh, Stronger wow. Concert, whatever it was called back then. Um but that was such a huge deal for me just designing that because I loved Kanye, you know? Yeah. Um and then in my you know I got to work on TV ads which was yeah. a massive thing for me like what you know I'm yeah. making TV ads people are ads. gonna see this you yes. get to
1: subliminally influence people to and, do and,
0: and I couldn't wait to go back home to Mtata like during the holidays so like, the Yo. ad would come on and be like yeah we had a viewing basically like I would ask the producers can you give me the times of when this stuff's gonna flight because they know yeah. Um, yeah it's gonna flight on Wednesday night at half past seven after generations just before or after generations yeah, yeah exactly and we sit and the family's sitting there and we're like waiting for this 30 seconds or even you know sometimes I didn't even do the ad I just did the the with the graphics yeah. you know where the or price the comes up
1: the coke that's does it something, the that's, bottle moves that was and, just
0: that was all me yeah. those those two seconds but it was the proudest moment for me man um, so I'll tell you what that did for me working it, it that was that was a different level so I went from being able to draw um, painting um, studying graphic design to this was a whole other world you yeah. know where it didn't matter what my marks were at Technicon. No, they cared. didn't care. What mattered was what is your output and what's going to make you different and what's going to make this work stand out. That was it, you know? Yeah. But what advertising did for me, which, I mean, I don't know, it's a bit of a negative thing to say. I started feeling a little bit, and I think it's where I realized that I'm more than just one thing. I, I'm a multi potentialite. I can do a lot yeah. of different things, you know? You know, how
1: I also sold to an agency? Really? I worked for a digital agency called Stratitude. Yeah. Wow. And I did social media management like for like a lot of brands. (laughs) That's crazy. And like, I even, how crazy is this? In my matric year, I was the digital director for Supreme Being South Africa. Really? Yes. I know that's so wild. I would go there. Wow, man. As a student. And I remember Tusa, who owns Dip Street. Yes. Once emailed me because he wanted. He was like, "I'm starting. I'm this car." And Tusa like, "I'm this car guy. I work on cars, whatever, as an engineer." And I'm studying. I'm currently like putting together the store called Dip Street. That's one up in like. Two was years. Tusa an engineer? Yeah, Tusa loved cars. How crazy! <laughs> yeah, that's very strange. And so, yeah, and it didn't work out because of the owners at the time. But it's so crazy. Years later, back when in Joburg. I'm like. You're the guy that like used to hit me up, but you don't actually know I was in matric at the
0: time.
1: Sure. So it's wild. Yeah. And I did social media management. That's
0: amazing. But, um, you know, what it did for me, this thing is it made me realize that I'm more than just an ad guy. Yeah. I liked, I want to do a whole lot How of How many other years was that? In advertising. Yeah. Five. Okay. So five years, you
1: realize, uh, uh-uh.
0: uh, yeah. And it, but it, it had been coming since like year three, but when you are fresh out of, uh, like, I've never been for an interview, yeah. and I've never submitted a CV as yeah. such, right? But when you come from a small town, um, and you you get a job, you know how parent, our parents, our generation of parents are, you better hold on to that job. You don't just yeah. leave and go and try your own thing. Also, you know? you're
1: earning money now. You don't, yeah, don't want to rock the boat. Exactly.
0: You got to stay loyal. And then I was just like, no, man, like there's so much more I could do, and the, the 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 thing with agency is that it doesn 't matter what ideas you come up with at the end of the day it still belongs to them, you know, yeah, and all I wanted that work. freedom. all the work belongs to them, you know all the awards essentially belong to them but i I went to watch a a stand up comedy show once, and that 's why I saw taller Mo perform. the first time I watched the stand up comedy show was in twenty ten live first time ever twenty ten Jeez. <laughs> a lot of people would never say
1: like. I would think you'd been in the industry for like 20 years. <laughs> no,
0: 2010. And I what I loved um, it was Toilus Mo was on stage and I just loved how he was telling stories about his life and everything he had done and where he came from. I didn't understand the science of comedy back then, you know. Dude, this is
1: fucking seven years ago. Like, I'm actually shocked.
0: Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah.
1: And I started Threadman two years after that. Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's And, crazy, and La like,
1: yeah. Matosa, yeah. started around the same time. Oh my God. Wow.
0: It's insane. So I, uh, I was like, I said to a friend of mine, he was a copy, my copywriter, and we were going to do a double act. So I said, Liam, yo, man. Uh, this is cool I like that this guy's just telling stories About his life Let's try and do some comedy You know Because we come up With ideas all the time But we give yeah. it to other people To act out Or to perform Or to go yeah. and do voices
1: Or do an ad Copyright yeah. comedy here And there. And not
0: once man Did it ever hit me That I could do this You could be the channel for this Yeah Not once that I realized Like this is a thing for me And um, I was so inspired By this guy And I wrote that set It took me like two months to write that set, five minutes Yeah. And eventually when I got that spot I went and performed And it went really, really well David Kibuka saw me perform there once At the Cool Runnings at the Underground And he invited That was on a Sunday He invited me to come and perform At his place, the Blues Room On the Tuesday And that went well as well I'll never forget going to the Underground I think two weeks later And Trevor was in the audience Sitting with Eugene Corsa And I did this Jason Statham gag and while I was doing it, I'll never forget Trevor getting up and just clapping slowly, and just pointing at me, yeah. going, "Yeah, that's the was one." Was Trevor
1: big at the time?
0: He was getting, he was big, he was getting big. A day Walker had just released, I think. Um, so he was. People knew who Trevor was. Yeah, so it was a big deal. So for me, watching Trevor, I was like, "Whoa, yeah, you know, this guy is yeah. like, he's he's giving me a slow clap." And the weird thing is. I had known Trevor because I was, I spent about two weeks with Trevor in Cape Town when I wrote, I wrote a Simba campaign and Trevor was the, the lead in it. So oh, we wow. got to know each other. And it's, it's so strange that a lot of the stories Trevor and I would talk about, cause we're very similar in, in our upbringing. Yes. And definitely. what we speak about, you yeah. know? And, 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 and in my first year of comedy, I'll never forget doing an interview with, I don't even remember who it was. And she said, have you always been inspired by Trevor? No. And do you always, kind of just talk about what he talks about. So I said, no, but this is my life. Like, yeah. I'm just speaking about my life. It's like, yeah, no, but it can't be, you know, there can't be two of you who, <laughs> <laughs> you know. People so say like, the wildest things. So I'm like, no dude, and it depressed me. Like, I stopped writing what I know and what I believe in. And I started just veering off and doing other stuff, which was bad because it had an effect on my comedy. I just wasn't resonating with the audience. There was yeah. no connection. But, uh, you know, it's so funny listening to some of Trevor's material... Um, you know, just the conversations that we were having, uh, you know, in in while we were we were shooting this campaign, because we would just chat about stuff. The thing a lot of people don't know about Trevor is that he's always listening. And taking notes. So if you say something funny to him or something that makes the, the, like people laugh, just without even, you're not even telling a joke. You're just saying something funny. He takes his phone out and he makes notes.
1: Yeah. If you are like, guys, this other day I was doing this thing and this happened and people yeah. laugh. He
0: will be like, no, he'll take notes, you know, and they're like two gags I've listened of the Trevor's, which is obviously refined, but I'm like, I remember this story, us talking about this and it wasn't a gag. Uh, we were commenting on something. You know that yeah. that was happening, and he obviously turned it into a scenario. And I'm like, wow, that's that's talent. It's it's that level of detail that you've got to get to. Yeah. Um. And then I I I started getting into comedy. You know. But I'll tell you one thing about me is I hate to lose. And if I'm going to get into something, if if you tell me today that listen, you've got to give up this comedy thing and we're going to start making wine, I'll be like, cool, let's do it. And I'm going to throw everything I have at it. To not be the best winemaker But to be as close to the best as possible So the best notice and go Who is this now That's what I do I don't consider myself the best comedian in South Africa Or one of the best I know for a fact that when I do go on stage You're not going to forget about me easily Because I'm always going to try and do something That nobody else on this lineup is going to do So I've always had that drive So when I left my job People always ask me, how could you leave a full-paying job in advertising? You were doing well, you know, you were winning awards, you were doing this, you were doing that. And I said, guys, comedy is just a different medium. It's still creativity at the end of the day, you know. So I hate to say that I was in advertising. I'd just like to say that I was in an agency with four walls that was producing creative work. And now I just wanted to come out of that and produce my own creative work, which I do now, you know. I um. I package and sell my ideas and put a currency and an amount to every line I write and sell it individually that way, you know? Um, And long story short, that's how I ended up meeting Jason and Nicholas. And, you know, when, we know I'm, I'm, we're not related, so that's we're the same, same. surname. How, does, how was that experience? Like, um, okay, we have like ten more minutes. Sure. But what, what what
1: was that experience like meeting these two guys who share the same surname as you, but they're not related to you? Like, as a black person, that's a huge deal. It's like, yeah. it's like
0: whoa. It's uh, it was interesting, um, and they and we met. They had seen me perform on stage. They had just started comedy. I was so they been knew doing each other. Six months. They're cousins. Okay, so they're cousins. They're cousins. Okay. Yeah. And they'd seen me perform. So you're the adopted one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, exactly. That's, that's <laughs> it. I'm the, it's Goliath and Goliath. That's uh, what it is. Yeah. So we we met and we clicked like immediately. We met at at the comedy underground in Melville, and we just clicked. You know, we became friends, and I'll never forget. We we decided to make this thing official. Jason and Nicholas decided that we should start a gig called A Wednesday. Um, so it's, aware. Aware yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but it could only ever happen on a, on a Wednesday. And the reason we started this gig was because you had to wait for about two months to get a spot at the underground. That was like the only place to perform. And we were like, nah, man, we wanted our own platforms and spaces and stages to perform on. Yeah. That's where this whole Goliath and Goliath thing started actually. Yeah. And eventually it grew into, it, at one point we were running eight stages in Joburg. And the reason we built eight stages was because we wanted to give others youngsters so you're a platform so like comedy promoters yeah pretty much man um and all different styles you know um but you always knew that it was a Goliath and Goliath gig you know and yeah. this is this is a weird thing which a lot of people don't know dude we had no money in the beginning so Jason and I were kind of funding it with a little bit of money that we yeah. had i was freelancing at the time doing a bit of um, yeah. you know design work here and there and uh, We couldn't afford a banner wall So what I did was I created this multi-coloured Goliath and Goliath logo And we printed on A4 pages And stuck them next to each other And made like a grid and oh, that's wow. where people would stand to take pictures. But it looked so great. There was something organic about it. Yeah. But at the end of the night, we'd have to peel this thing off with press stick really slowly and pack it up in a flip file to use at the Again. next gig, oh, like wow. tomorrow or the next day. If, until it started like getting messed up, they would have to print more. But I think our biggest form of advertising was always our T-shirts. Our T-shirts were a huge deal. Um, and we'd go into a, a new bar and we'd count how many waiters there were. And we'd print like 10 T-shirts and give it to them to advertise so people Always question who is Goliath and Goliath. You know it was it, in the beginning we'd like we'd wear our own T-shirts. Every interview we did, we had Goliath and Goliath, Goliath and Goliath, and the industry laughed at us, man. Yo, yeah. they laughed at us. Eh? They were like, "Who? Oh, how these arrogant can you be? Yeah, wearing your own name on a T-shirt, man." And man.
1: who are these Goliath? They haven't yes, been in the industry for Yes, you haven't paid your dues. Exactly. Exactly. And all these guys we probably worked in, in and with in advertising or in comedy are like the fuck is this guy doing exactly this guy you the know graphics guy. He's exactly
0: the so we um then i what what happened was eventually over time when they saw that we were serious about this thing but how
1: do you handle that you know how did you handle that i mean a lot in of the people, beginning yeah a lot of people are throwing shade people are throwing a- hate they're like you're copying this person you're copying that person they're like yeah you're trying to be like trevor now how do you fight all through that i mean it's something that I faced through being in fashion. Where yes. Sometimes I, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I've been told that I copied Trevor and style, for example, because he he started in the industry before I did. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Or before I blew up. So you know, if I wear my clothes, everyone's like, "Yeah, but you're wearing Trevor." And I'm like, "But this is my culture. Like, I'm wearing my culture. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm wearing clothes as my friend. So, and I think I also got to a point where I asked myself, "Am I copying Trevor? Like, am I copying other people? Like?" And then I stopped working for a while, and I was in a space where I felt uninspired, and. Then again, I'm like, but I don't want what the other people want, you know. Yeah. You know, and it's something I still struggle to a certain extent where I feel like people try to pull me back to that blogging space or that influencer space. I'm like, but that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build a business. And I think it's something I relate to you strongly in a sense that you were like, you want to build an independent platform for comedy that is owned and run by black people. South Africans, yes. you know, South Africans of color, you know, I'm building a fashion lifestyle platform that is independent, that is owned and run by. Africans of color, yep. you know, and so because of that, you ruffle a lot of feathers because yep. people love their steady income. Yep. People love, you know, having Media24 own every single magazine in the country. So as a new entity coming to wreck the space, as, yep. a, as they will say, then everyone's kind of like, no, why, yeah, yeah, yeah. why are you copying this? Why are you doing this? Yeah, So, yeah, yeah. so how, how, how was that for you? And how did you fight through that? And how didn't you allow those politics or, those that kind of negative energy to suck you in. Because I can also you know, Bill Gates will say the moment we focused on beating Apple, that's the moment we lost.
0: Yes. You know,
1: because we not we were not focused on being innovative. We were focusing on built on on beating opposing.
0: So how was it with you? It was tough in the beginning, you know, and there were times when we felt like okay, maybe we must do what everybody else is doing. So from a A look and feel, Um, if we're taking it from a look and feel point of view, I always said to the guys that we can't design our stuff to look like what people think a comedy poster should look like. So look at our stuff. None of it has like a cheesy microphone or a smiley face. No. Everyone's copying you right now. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know they are. It's slick. It's clean. There's a grid system. It's, 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 it's my, 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 training, right? Really kicked in. Um, it's, it's art directed. The logo and I said is week, balanced. every week You
1: released it every week. Different logo, Classic. different colors, but Classic. sort of a uh, signature Goliath and Goliath way of doing it Yeah. Those.
0: And strong. You know, the Even logo is designed. Is yeah. The logo is designed a specific way. It's centered it a specific way. We choose a specific t-shirt that we printed on. Um, the yellow and black comes from my love for Wu-Tang clan back in the day. Oh, wow. I always loved the the contrast between yellow and black. I just, th- I mean, Cliff Central is yellow and black as well. It's just such a strong, striking color, yeah. and that's the official Goliath and Goliath color. Yeah. Um, but the design system was something that I was not going to compromise on. We were never going to look like anybody else, and people hated that. They were like, "Oh, this doesn't even look like a comedy poster, you know? We need to put this, yeah. and you need to have this and that, and use this clip art." I'm like, "No, that's the difference, you know? That's going to make us stand out." and and we want to compete with other brands, not just comedy brands, but other brands in terms of um, just branding, visual yeah. identity and branding. You know, um, like even with Rose Cafe, I designed the logo and, and the CI for Rose Cafe, um, and which was also weird because it was the, the 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 smiley face with yeah. the, the coffee stain, for example, yeah. which is so uncoffee like. Yeah. No, the, I know. I, I remember we had people telling us, "Yeah, but make it look like old school and use an old font." I'm like, no, it's not old school. Yeah. Like, look at this place. You know, there's personality. Um, and, and I think that because we were a team and we were there for each other, that helped. And that just made us go, you know what? Let's stand together and let's see how far we can push this thing and what happens. And until the, the naysayers, what, what ended up happening was, the comedians realized that we were actually doing this for them we were building stages for we were doing it for the industry not just for us you know nobody was doing it nobody was trying to create new platforms it was all the same old stuff and there were there were there were the leaders back then the guys was who built it the ogs they were doing their thing and they just didn't want us to take a slice of that pie um and once the comedians got on our side and were like yeah you guys are you guys are actually doing some stuff for us you know you you you, you're building stages for us and you, you, you have our best interests at heart. They started wearing our T-shirts, you know. I'll never forget, like, it was Kumba, Tats and Gonzo, those guys when yo, man, where can I buy a T-shirt? And they would have their own gigs wearing Goliath and Goliath T-shirts. Oh, wow. And once that started happening, we realized we've got the industry on our side, which yeah. was the most important thing. People trust us, you know. Yeah. Because we weren't trying to fight to compete with anybody. We just wanted to do our own thing the way we did it. and. It was such an emotional thing for us when the guys really started like rocking our brand and promoting us. And if we tweeted something, they would push it, even if they weren't on the lineup. Just like, just go and watch this show and support these guys and keep them going, you know? And then corporates started noticing us. We started getting booked by corporates, which helped fund the bigger thing you know if i mean inevitably if i'm going to speed this up it led to us opening the goliath comedy club because we had built trust in and the industry gave you
1: that springboard to build the bigger empire yeah the bigger it, platform. there was
0: the trust in the industry to go these guys know and they have a a love for and uh, there's a bigger purpose here than just like making money and opening a comedy club and being these cool cats it's bigger than that you know it's turning this thing into a lifestyle um, like, you know, we're in talks now to create a lifestyle comedy app, for example, um, with, wow. with loyalty points. Can I see the craziest? I about, like,
1: when is the Goliath and Goliath, Goliath show coming to Comedy Central? Like, <laughs> I feel like when I look at Saturday Night Live, I, I promise you, I watch Saturday Night Live, I'm like, if God gave the Goliath guys great amounts of money to produce a show for Comedy Central, we would see flames.
0: Do you know what the problem is? Um, it's us, it's our fault. We juggle so many things and we're busy with so many entities that because yeah. that time we need time to write yeah. because we like to own everything but you're also business people yeah we, we're business people we like to own our products we don't like a middleman no. or a third party oh yeah you do this and then we'll just thought no we want to write we want to produce we want to be part of directing we want to own it we want to like we want to brand that opening sequence we know we know what it looks yeah. like we want the music the way we want it that's it you know yeah. so it's a time thing <laughs> yeah Have we also run out of time now? We're running out of time. (laughs) We have two minutes. That's okay. Which is sad. Thank you. Thank you for the chat. Maybe we should do a part two.
1: Yeah, we should. A part two would be great. I want to be, just in closing though, what is the difference between money and purpose for you?
0: The difference between money and purpose. Money runs out. Purpose is a constant thing that you keep working towards that will keep making you happy um, for a long time, you know? And... Uh, I think money is also a temporary sense of happiness, you know? Wow. Uh, There's there's one of my favorite quotes is uh, stop following trends and fashion because the problem with following trends and fashion is that you stay following. You never keep up. But creating and defining and building, well, whatever your purpose is into fashion that's a whole different ballgame game because yeah. now you're at the front run and you you get you tr- starting to call for followers. Yeah, so that's how essentially I feel. that's what it is. Yeah, that's <laughs> wow.
1: That's I'm like yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah this is such a great talk man thank Thank you you so much i I feel like we can go go on forever but i think this is why i started the thread exchange is it was actually inspired by pharrell's other tone and it's about conversations with great people and you know just inspiring people and sharing you know i find myself having such great conversations so many people i'm like a lot of people need to hear these conversations yeah and this is probably my favorite one i've done Cause I haven't.
0: Uh, no, it's it's been my time, favorite chat. Well. Yeah,
1: it's like wow, right, time it's, has it's run It's it's that out. state of
0: flow we were talking yeah, about just, where you don't even talking. realize. I don't even know what I was
1: asking. <laughs> I just, it's just the conversation that the moment we sat down, we just started talking.
0: But but you know what it is as well? It's also nice to chat to like-minded souls to yeah. make you believe and affirm that you're doing something right. Yeah. Because there aren't a lot of people who're gonna tell you that either Definitely. they're competitors and they just want to kind of kick you off and make you lose focus and sight, or they just don't understand what you're trying to do. So it's yeah. nice to chat. It's always, and, and I feel the same way, you know, chatting to you, I always feel like you get it. Like, you know, I can speak to you like we, yeah. man, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so this much, is bro. The exchange, Donovan Goliath. Thank you. Thank Donovan you, bro. David. <laughs> oh, David. <laughs> Goliath. Uh, thank you, brother. Thank you so
0: much for, for being here. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. Good luck. Bye. Progressive, progressive, cultured, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Threaded Exchange with C.A.B. Live on Cliff Central. Cliffcentral.com